0: Hey there, everybody. This is Nick. The upcoming episode you're about to listen to was recorded live with interactions from our live subathon we did on Twitch at twitch.tv slash epic underscore realms. If you want to join us there, feel free. Otherwise, enjoy this show and this episode and interview with Chris Jackson. But keep in mind, it is a live episode, so there was interaction with live chat and things like that. So thank you very much for listening. Please rate and review, like I say at the end, and uh, we'll see you next time. For some of you, it's your first time. For others, it is not. But for today, I would like to welcome you all to Epic Realms. Friends and enemies heroes and villains welcome to epic realms that's how we open it of course our faces are flip-flop let me fix this on the zoom there we go it's been a crazy day but we are joined by amazing author Chris Jackson he does some amazing pirate books he does amazing uh sci-fi books he's done Shadowrun he's done God, you've done so many things I, I couldn't even sit here and list them all off the top of my head because there's so many and you are the author of the last which is this new post-apocalyptic book and um it that cover is really cool it kind of gives me Highlander vibes of course I'm I've got my zoom thing you know what I'm just gonna undo that I don't care if people see my background (laughs) there we go none there we go people can see my fish and my wrestling boots and my Funko pops but yeah there it is the last by Chris A Jackson Obviously, we had this signed by you at Gen Con. I saw you at Gen Con. How was your Gen Con?
1: It was phenomenal. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, Gen Con is always one of our favorites because it's like all gamers, uh, you know. Um, and it's always kind of surprising to us that so many uh, people that are there for the gaming and all the new all the new stuff out um, and the art and everything else are also readers. I mean, we've had our best sales in any convention um, at Gen Con. Uh, which that beat out dragon con which dragon con's like massive
0: yeah i haven't been so, to Dra- dragoncon yet it's on my list
1: yeah it's it's huge it it covers many many hotels it's not like in a convention center okay but, uh but yeah Dra- uh is definitely one of our favorites so and that's that's the convention where i got into writing for rpgs so oh, okay yeah.
0: so did you meet all the all the um game designers and stuff there for rpgs well,
1: I kind of knew what I wanted to do before I, before I went the first time. Uh, I knew that, uh, Paizo was putting out, uh, Pathfinder tales. And I know that I knew that at the time that they didn't have, at least they didn't currently have anybody writing pirate stories. And I just come off of a four book pirate series. And so I pitched myself to James Sutter and, uh, you know, I just got phenomenally lucky and, uh, about eh, not quite a year later, but, you know, 10 months later, he had somebody fall out of his, uh, Sit out of his uh, schedule and couldn't produce a novel and said hey if you can give me a novel in five months it's yours and i said
0: okay yeah you did and, it, and it, <laughs> yeah and that's how you and i got to know each other because i had you on uh for a show to promote the, those books like I, the, I was like i that's where i first heard of you i was like these are phenomenal yep. pirate huh. books like i because I've, I've listened and read all of the pathfinder tales novels and like I was like, man, this is some of my favorite characters because there's so many amazing characters in those series. Yeah. Yeah, and you write different characters. All of your books have like cool characters that always just kind of come in. You're like, gosh, I hope if they make more books of this, I hope that character comes back or this character shows up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had people say, well, I, I really want this story of this secondary tertiary character to become the, the pirate captain and stuff like that. Well, I'm not probably going to write that, but it's, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> It is a lot of fun.
0: And you did the, and of course, we've talked about your Weapon of Flesh series in the past as oh, well.
1: Yeah. And that's to plug my yeah. doings here. Uh, this just came out on Audible and I could not be happier. Nice. Um, yeah. The guy, the guy who did it for me, uh, Ryan Reed, he's just a genius. He does all the voices individually, all the accents. Um, he's just phenomenal. I am so, so pleased with that.
0: And he said
1: um, his name is Ryan Reed. Ryan Reed yeah
0: i mean Art. i may not be writing his name down specifically for a possible future guest because i i like getting my audible narrators on the show as well
1: Yeah, he's brilliant he's brilliant awesome um,
0: and those of you that are in the chat feel free to interact feel free to chat if you've got a question for chris uh chris has written so many stuff you can see some of his pictures up right here on right between us uh there goes the shadow run crocodile tears and arkham yeah. horror and the pirates truth and the iron kingdoms books so many books uh uh do you have a book that's like one of like, you just look back and you're like, gosh, I have nostalgia for my own book.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, well, the, the 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 Weapon of Flesh series, for sure. Um, I just totally that was something very, very different that took off for us and really changed our lives. Um, so I've got a lot of sentimental feelings for that. But, you know, I do like the the uh, Paizo characters too, Celeste and uh, Torius, okay. um, especially uh, Snick, the, yeah. the, the little gnome. She's yeah. hilarious um but uh but this new book uh the last i'm i'm just you know it came out of nowhere i just kind of had this idea in my head you know i'd never written anything like post-apocalyptic i've written some science fiction now and and things like that too uh i have a series with uh shadow alley press that's doing reasonably well
0: okay
1: that's hard science fiction far future stuff but this is like near future post-apocalyptic climate apocalypse you know um and um, just very, very different. It's kind of a post-apocalyptic fantasy, if you okay. want to go there, but not like fairy's fantasy. It's very different. You have to kind of buy into my little mythology. But, right. Uh,
0: well, that's kind of like any book. You have to like, yeah. you have to buy into a story right? Right. or when yeah. you're watching TV, it's like, you know, you, you watch... If you don't watch the first, you know, year or two of of the Marvel movies, when you get the last one, it's like, oh, come on, really? That's far fetched. But when you start with when you start with Iron Man and you work your way up and they slowly just build and grow, it's like, okay, it makes sense. But when you if you watch The Last Avengers, like, how does that outfit work? That doesn't make any logical sense. Right. You buy in, you know, you buy in and as you do it, you grow and it makes makes sense. So
1: that's that's one of the big reasons that the series Firefly series kind of tanked is because they didn't they didn't. Open with the premiere,
0: right? Yeah, they didn't keep them in order. Oh, so sad. I was, like, we were. I was quoting Firefly earlier today. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That, that was the biggest shoot yourself in the foot moment in in the Sci-Fi Channel. That it was just atrocious, right?
0: Well, and it's like, it, and if you look back, it is so. It is such a beloved series. Oh, it really is. It people. really. It's what? You know, once anybody who watches it in order is like, oh my god, that was amazing.
1: So, yeah, when was the last time you had a, a series that went one season, got canceled, and then they made a movie?
0: Right, right. You know, exactly. what
1: I, that just doesn't happen. Well, fans came out and said,
0: we need something, please. Yeah, cause, well, because it was, I mean, it was an amazing, fun science fiction yeah. show. It was totally, yeah. it was its own thing. It's not like, you know, right. Star Trek and Star Wars, they they have stuff and a lot of places kind of steal from that, but they really did kind of their own, their yeah. own thing and they had their own, it had its own sense of humor. It had its own, like, uh, uh, I don't want to say pathing, but its own, like, rhythm and timing, I guess, to the to the yeah. way it was done. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. it was
0: very much like this Old West in space sort of situation.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really funny.
0: Are you going to have more books in this series?
1: Oh, yeah. This is a trilogy, the War of Souls trilogy. Um, it's uh, not to give too much away, but it is... Uh, like I said, near future, about 2070-ish. Okay. Um, climate apocalypse, so the sea levels have risen a lot. Um, but that's not the mythology fantasy element of it. The, the catchphrase is, there's been a war on Earth between heaven and hell for 5,000 years. Okay. And hell is winning. Um, and there's only one warrior for the good guys left, or so she at least thinks so, and she is the last of her kind. Oh, okay. um, and when she goes... We go, because if, if hell wins, the four horsemen come and just wipe the planet clean.
0: Ugh.
1: So if they if they do away with her and corrupt every last human being on the planet, adios muchachos. So
0: okay,
1: no pressure, right?
0: Yeah, it's I'm not terrifying <laughs> or anything.
1: What was really fun about this is I got to dig into history and cherry pick really cool things to be her past because she's been around for 5,000 years. Right. And uh, she's also got five thousand years of ptsd you know she's seen the roman empire she's seen um egypt during the pharaohs she's seen um nazi germany she's seen the inquisition live through all of it and you know been everything from a pirate to a princess right and so there's a lot of baggage there because she's tasked with like saving humanity right and she's just seeing it devolve into chaos and ruin and it's kind of ruining her you know what i mean that's awesome but you know there's always hope right
0: yeah lyric law says that firefly only made a movie because of the fans the only reason they made a movie was because of the fans that's
1: absolutely true um that's absolutely true the the outcry was just like wait you're gonna cancel the best show on television are you high (laughs) But it was already a done thing. By the time the fans heard about it, it was already a done thing. Right. I, these days, um, Netflix would have picked that up in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, yeah. Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or...
1: Amazon or HBO or anybody would have picked it up in a heartbeat. Um, but that was back in the day, unfortunately.
0: I, but, I heard a rumor that there's going to be a... A, a reboot? Like, a, yeah, a reboot or a new series or something. It'll take place afterwards or something like that along those lines for Firefly. And I don't know how that'll work. If...
1: Right. Um, they've they've kind of been fielding that rumor for a long time. There was some ideas of a... I don't know if it ever came off for an animated
0: Oh, that'd verse. be cool. Because then all the actors could reprise the roles. Except for I, the dead yeah. ones, of course.
1: Well, you know. Um, there was even um, thoughts of having Wash show up as like a ghost. Oh. You know, and uh, you know, not to plague anybody, but just whisper in their ears at the right moment or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. interesting.
1: Uh, but uh yeah, that would be a I'd watch it hell.
0: <laughs> right, right. Are you watching anything right now these days? Anything big on your watch list?
1: We're watching the rings, um, you know, the the um, rings of power. Um and I I'm enjoying it. Um, but uh you know, I have my moments and I have my oh come on, really? Um <laughs> but i've been getting back into the whole lore of the rings thing and there's some really good youtubers out there that just make it simple you know it's like this is why the one ring rules them all Da-da-da-da-da. the whole history of the rings and stuff like that um, right. but uh two movies i've been, i i watched recently one in fact just this afternoon the one this afternoon was um amsterdam okay it's uh, kind of a um who done it crime political comedy okay. and um, and it's set in the 30s in new york and it's just brilliant um just Is go it
0: anything it. like clue uh
1: not quite <laughs> no <laughs> no um it's uh i don't know how to hmm, talk it's, it's a hard one but prior to that last weekend we went and we watched um the woman king which was a sensation i've
0: heard ama- i've heard nothing but amazing oh, things about man. That movie.
1: really high emotion through the whole whole thing i mean there are just out of your seat moments where oh, you wow. just want to scream and cry and yell and cheer and
0: so weep. It get, gives
1: you all of the emotions, the whole gamut. Well, um, it was brilliantly done. So not entirely historically accurate, but right.
0: right but it's a movie. Yeah. That's, it's hard. It's hard when you're doing a movie to
1: right, yeah. keep everything. So,
0: Cause then, then it'd be called a documentary, not a movie. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah
1: it's like writing historical fantasy it's like eh, that's why i don't do it it's that you know even even the his, historical elements i put into the last i mean i've done so much research to get it right you know what i mean to make sure i'm getting all the details right um how do yeah, you do just,
0: research do you have like a website you go to do you, do you ask people Do you go to libraries and like you know index just, cards
1: no, massive Googling um, and also a lot of Google Maps stuff, um, you know, like histories of, of wars and, and you could, there's, a, there's the coolest timeline um, map um, progression of like how all the borders change and morph during World War II, how Germany expands and Russia and oh, worldwide, you know, things like that are really cool. And there's, especially for this novel, there was, there's a site called, um, um, what is it, um, sea level rises and stuff like that. But anyway, you can map anywhere in the world down to like the city block, um, how, what land would be covered if the sea rose, you know, five meters, six meters, 10 meters, 50 meters. And so I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I got to drown Manhattan and then do a car chase through it.
0: (laughs) How do you do how do, wait, how do you do a car chase if it's all under what is?
1: Well, parts of it aren't. Okay. You know, it Manhattan is an island now, but it's really an island in in. Okay. My, but uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool car chase. So, is
0: it set just in one location, or does it bounce well, around? It, or?
1: It, it's a uh, kind of a road trip, actually. Okay. Uh, it starts in Cincinnati, and then they go out west, and then they go all the way back to Manhattan, and then they go back to Cincinnati. So a lot of road miles.
0: Is there is it a, there one central like protagonist in
1: it, you know? Yeah, um the primary character her name is Empa, um but she goes by many many aliases and she's the she's the offspring of um uh Raphael the the angel of healing. Okay. And so her her magic if you want to call it or gift is to heal people. Um and she can heal psychological injuries. Uh, She can heal diseases and she can heal physical injuries. But what happens is she takes them into herself. So if she if she tries to heal somebody that's been shot through the heart, she takes that injury. It could imperil her life. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, she can't she can't heal things that are like inherently genetic, like, um, for instance, autism or um, things like that. But when it comes to things like cancer or um, infections, things like that, just take them away. PTSD. Right. Well, yeah, injury. She can she can root out the base guilt or or something like that and take that away. Okay. But it's kind of a there's kind of a question on whether to do that or not because you know there's the whole consent thing because people are what their makeup is their their own histories are so if you way too much from somebody you're going to be changing who they are you know it's kind of a little bit intrusive yeah so she's always kind of like unless this is a life and death death scenario right now it's all about consent you know yeah i can help you but you have to let me you have to ask me you know you have to let me in so which freaks some people out kind of
0: well yeah because i mean even in in (laughs) you know normal history when you look at uh uh, pop culture it's like okay well you have to like vampire can't come in your house unless you let them in
1: through the door right yeah
0: right invite me and i'll come in and that can like if somebody shows up at my door you know that i have no idea they're like may i come in it's like no (laughs) slam the door shut (laughs) i know hell no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so and
1: and a big part of her problem is um the bad guys the the nephilim which are the offspring of the fallen angels yeah. that there's 200 of them and because hell cheats in the war of souls their number never diminishes no matter how many times you kill them they just respawn and um so they're hunting her and so technology's really kind of been the dagger through her her oh. and her cousins you know because they've been doxxed, they've been you know they've been assassinated everything else like that yeah. once they're You know, once they're gone, well, they go to heaven and get their just rewards. But um, you know, I I got the whole idea because you know, sometimes it seems like the world is so screwed up in so many ways, everywhere. I just kind of thought, you know, what if you could point your because it's it's something you can't point your finger at and say they're responsible. Those are the ones right Right. there. But what if there was? What if it's been hell corrupting mankind? For five thousand years, and yeah. that's why we are where we are now. And that's kind of the secondary protagonist thing: is he's a street kid, and he's never had a break, and he's never been able to fight anything
0: right. effectively.
1: You know, it's like shaking your fist at the sky it doesn't do any good. And now he finds out that, wait, what? Somebody's responsible for this. I can kick somebody's ass. <laughs> you know, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> because he's got nothing to do, lose absolutely zero to lose and uh and so the two of them she she is her hope is crushed and and he gives her a little bit of hope you know because if somebody who's hopeless can get hope well maybe you should too right
0: yeah for sure
1: but it's fun it's a real rollick and lots of gunfire
0: how many how many like are there ally characters? Is it kind of just a solo character and then other people show so up and come and go? It's
1: her and her other primary and there's a couple others. Um, um. And there's a little bit of a love interest involved too. Not between those two, but but it's complicated. I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah, yeah, don't ruin it. But it, it's, you know, and I'll take that even farther in the next book. I have already taken it. I, I just finished the first draft of the second one. Okay. So. Which is paradoxically titled "Uh, the first.
0: Okay, yeah. So the last, and then the first. Nice, Stephen the Shark mm-hmm. is gonna lurk. He's got some D and D time. See right. Stephen. Thank you for joining us. Hey. Go and enjoy your your D and D time. We'll be playing some D and D here later after Chris. Uh, Chris is done with us. I, I Chris, I, I almost. So my me and the guy that's running that are doing stuff after you left he's like well just ask chris if he wants to play too and i was like you know i'm already taking up an hour of his time i don't know
1: (laughs) if you want to line something up sometime i mean tonight's kind of spoken for after this but right I'm, i'm more than happy to play i don't play enough straight up rpgs anymore
0: yeah we when we originally did this so obviously i canceled as you recall i i got sick right. and i couldn't do it and he that's what he was like we sh- you should see if chris can join and then of course when we rescheduled i didn't even think to ask of um, but that's originally right. like we had you on and it was because we were still putting together the schedule and seeing okay when is the schedule going to come in and it was like okay uh you know were you gonna were we gonna have you on earlier or later was the role playing gonna i like i didn't have it and uh, I, I have a character that I started for like a one shot that's a um, he is the he's a priest of Velker who in Forgotten Realms Velker is the sailing god. Sure. And I thought, boy, wouldn't that be funny if like, you know, we could get Chris back to back because you do all those amazing, you know, sailing novels. And then for yeah. us to follow up with a role playing game where I'm playing a sailor, I was like, that's kind of funny. And he goes, we'll just see if Chris wants to play it. I'll, I'll I'll run for a third third one because I know Chris G. or Chris role plays. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah I'm actually he's busy and this was kind of last minute and then of course we rescheduled it and I didn't even think to ask. So
1: I'm actually writing for a gaming company now, uh, Archville and Games, um, writing game content, uh, world building stuff. Okay. Uh, so Archville and Games is is in Greece and they got started just creating miniatures, 3D printed miniatures, and they are amazing. Y'all need to look it up. Archvillain Games, um, because if you're part of their Patreon, you get uh, patterns for 3D-printed minis, and just they are astounding. I have
0: um, a so, business card here somewhere, too. I think I met yeah, her they, she was at Gen Con, right?
1: They were at Gen Con, yeah. Because
0: Eric's working with them, too, isn't he?
1: Yes, Eric and a few others. Uh, my editor uh, of my first Pirate series, the the uh, Blood Sea... C- no, not the Blood Sea C- Tales. Which one was it? Scimitar series.
0: Oh, Scimitar <laughs> Moon, right?
1: Yeah, Scimitar Moon and the others. Uh, Gabriel Harvey is editing for the uh, for the series.
0: Yeah, there he
1: is. Uh, for the and now they're writing game content. Yeah, now they're a writing. A little blurry.
0: That's good though, because it was their business card. <laughs>
1: um, so I got to write their Pirate Kingdom, um, which is way fun. You yeah, know, it's going to be
0: awesome. Yeah. Do you know what the system is kind of like? Is it something you can it, talk it's about it's at all?
1: Five E. It's five E compatible. Oh,
0: okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm excited now. I'm excited. So I have only I only played a little bit. I only dabbled because we did we did so much. We had long-term games. Right. And and we were like like 5e came out. And it's like we're not even halfway through three of our campaigns. Right. So we just we've closed up uh one, two, three, four of our long-term RPG campaigns. And some of them are we're here on stream. Right. And I'm like, I'm gonna start doing fifth edition. Like, I I wanna play the system, I like the system. And I just yep. haven't gotten a ton of time in. So
1: great. Yeah, I actually got to got a chance to play test one of their uh early releases uh and at at DragonCon uh with my editor and Eric and a couple other people who were who were writing there. Um so that was a lot of fun.
0: And what was the name of the company again? So people can look it up.
1: Archvillain games.
0: Archvillain games. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Arch, I'm gonna get a link for people here.
1: I don't have a card here for them, unfortunately.
0: It's okay. I've got a. I've got a link. Awesome. Oh, a post.
1: Yeah, I do post that.
0: Boom! Archvillain Games, right there. They've got
1: some of the coolest minis um, out. They're just astounding. And they're mixing a lot of stuff in, kind of Cthulhu esque, you know, things, and and deep sea monsters and uh, shark people. Um, So I'm having a lot of fun. So do
0: you have to come up with like key characters and stuff too? Or are you just like coming up with like the, the ships and the locations and adventures and stuff? A whole, basically
1: a whole, uh, pirate kingdom. It's not really a kingdom. It's more like a pirate council. Okay. Uh, So there, um, there are 13. Commodores in the pirate kingdom. And so once a year they get together and they, they argue a lot. And so, um, they're about as organized and, um, cooperatives as uh, a shark attack and um but it's all through this long archipelago of islands that is kind of between point a and point b on the on the big map so okay. they feed a lot of uh of ship traffic um commerce right yeah um they also and eric Scott got to be, is doing this thing on basically the east india company in this world is called the Scytholian league okay. and they're they're everywhere too. And they, as often happens, have cut a deal with the pirates. Okay. So, you know, you don't hit our ships, but Oh, you might go hit these ships over here. So there's tribute back and forth and a bunch of tomfoolery going on. So a nice. so lot of fun, a whole lot of fun.
0: So, so do you have to do some play testing? So you got to sit down and be like, okay, let's see if this works. And you start playing some D D.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun, but we definitely got to, And here are our comments, you know, here, here are the wrinkles that this is a slow patch. And this is a little bit overpowered for a fifth level character, you know, and stuff like that. But, but anyway, it was lots of fun.
0: Years ago, uh, the guy who's GMing tonight, he, he goes by the name of the blind GM here. And he, uh, he came up with a kind of a campaign world and he actually wrote a little, he did a PDF. It was three for three, five, but it was a PDF. He started a PDF book. And he was going to put it on Drive Through RPG. I don't think it ever got around, but it was a we we called it the Ten Thousand Islands campaign setting. And we cool. literally had classes and stuff. And I like he wrote a sh- we both wrote short stories for it. I actually built a card game. It's sitting downstairs. It's it's in the playtest. It's been in play test for ten years, uh, but I haven't pulled it out probably in five and a half. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was Ten Thousand Islands, and it's very very similar to kind of what you're talking about, where it's like all of these islands, and there was we we the idea was because if you look at traditional D D, it's almost always good versus evil right right mm-hmm. but then when you watch a lot a lot of like like especially like the pirates of the caribbean movies it's less good versus evil and it's more law yeah. versus chaos
1: it's a there's a lot of gray areas in there too right right and the, the good guys weren't always good
0: right yeah. so we did so it was more based off of law versus chaos so like right. if you were lawful it didn't matter if you were good or evil, as long as you were right. lawful. And if you were, you know, chaotic, it didn't matter if you were good or evil either. So, like, the Pirates' sort of side of it were all the chaotic people. And then, because uh, you don't see that so much in role-playing, the law versus chaos.
1: Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I actually ran a ran a series or a, a campaign for some friends, just a homebrew game. Yeah. Um, that was ba- exactly that. It was law versus chaos. It was basically lawful, evil versus chaotic, good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Nice. That's
0: yeah. great. Yeah, I, I mean, we could probably sit here and talk role playing all day long.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this. Uh, I actually got my, um, my start writing um, by GMing. Uh, I, I, in grad school, I ran a campaign for um, some friends, one of whom now is my wife. Uh, that's how we met. Um, and that campaign lasted two years. And, um, when I was done, I had a stack of source materials, of course, everything, this just one little section of my whole current world, um, that I have it all mapped out now. It's all on my website. So go look at it.
0: Nice. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's jacksbooks.coms, everyone. Yeah, Jack's right. books. I put it, I put the link in the, in the chat, but if you just, if you're just joining us, um, yeah. you can go there and you can get all your books there, right?
1: Yeah. 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 We have everything listed and, and the whole map is there. Um, and, uh, but when we were done, I didn't want to just throw it all away. And, um, I wasn't really a game designer, so I couldn't really design a game around it. Cause it, at the time it was in D and D, oh my God. Um, 2.0, 2.0.
0: Yeah. Second so, edition. Yeah. Second a- AD&D? edition.
1: Yeah. AD and D and and, um, and so, and my wife just said, well, why don't you just write it, write it up as a novel? And so, long story short it turned into a trilogy the cornerstones trilogy which is out in print now but um it it wasn't initially it was pretty rough of course because i'd never written anything of links right. before and uh but it was a hell of an exercise uh once you've written like two hundred thousand words you you get past the whole i can't run anything right and so um that gave me the the chops to turn out three three more novels uh death mask um sulfur Sing, and this one right here um weapon of flesh and um this one has changed our lives that series kept us alive for or kept us sailing actually yeah. for six years so uh couldn't be happier how it all turned out so i'll be because...
0: sailing were you sailing before you started writing
1: uh no no we were, i was writing before that much much before that but uh um sailing actually gave me a lot more time to write of yeah. course um and and that was when I got the gig with Paizo, writing pirates book pirate books for them and I was finishing up a series uh the scimitar Seas novels okay and then the weapon books took off the, the first one took off and we promptly wrote five more and those literally paid our bills for six years so Man, that's
0: uh, amazing
1: granted we're not going through money much when we're just out sailing around but um, yeah it's not like
0: going to movies and buying extra stuff and
1: well you know uh, it kept the boat in maintenance and kept us fed and entertained and plane trips back to the states every year to do conventions and stuff like that rental cars the whole bit so it's not like we were poor right Uh, but uh yeah yeah i was flabbergasted and there's six six
0: books in your weapon of flesh
1: series right there are six books in that series yeah
0: are you going to get them all on, on audible or does see, see how it does
1: definitely the first three in fact um we're up to sign a contract with brian for the second one um he, he's super excited um and we'll see how they we'll see how they uh sell
0: and if all they right? do good do you think you'll be getting into like the blood sea tales and some of the other stuff maybe
1: absolutely i love how he does voices he's just amazing um and um i mean you know me i'm never going to stop writing right um well not never of course you're
0: never going to stop writing as long as you can writing keep writing
1: <laughs> um bury bury me with my laptop you know and right and then the website goes clickety clickety click watch dead chris write.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just have to learn how to like affect electronics when you're right
1: from yeah. the other side to, from the other
0: side right to keep typing okay so i if, if you were a ghost, would, where would you, where would they find you? Would you be found at your home? Would you be found on a ship? Where would you be found?
1: Oh, I'd probably haunt the Caribbean. I just love it down there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you still have yeah. plans? Like, I know you're not sailing anymore. Do you still have plans to like take trips down there, like take a plane or whatever to go? Oh
1: yeah. As a matter of fact, this winter, we're taking a trip down to Roatan. Uh, one of my things is I don't like the cold. Um, I just, I don't know if it's age creeping in or whatever but my hands and feet go numb and uh, i just don't like it so uh january and february we're going to be in Rotan. we okay. rented a house for a couple of months and uh it's 100 yards from the beach coral reef i mean we've been to Rotan before but not the north coast where we're going and uh, i'm just going to soak up some sun and some salt water and some rum and rum. Mm-hmm. yeah and right of course Cause I, know I never gotcha. saw, it. but yeah, we have, we have plans to do some long, longer distance traveling because, you know, crossing o- oceans would never really my thing. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to spend eight to 10 weeks crossing the Pacific because yeah. boring, you know, uh, <laughs> I got better things to do. I'll fly. You know, if I want to go to Z- New Zealand, I'll just jump on a plane. Right. You you got really run.
0: Run. Sorry, I'm late. I just woke up a little bit ago, too much partying for a sick girl last night. Well, thank you for joining oh. us, Penny. Welcome in. We're just sitting here hanging out with Chris Jackson, just chatting. We're chatting about sailing right now, and his his trips around the world. What kind of Chris? What kind of rum do you like? Do you do you have a specific, or is it just like whatever rum?
1: No, I like good rum. Um, Kraken is really good rum. Okay. Uh, Kraken makes a a black strap that's really sweet, really good. But top of the line rum is um, oh, and it's in not Honduras but Guatemala. Um, zapata yeah
0: okay i don't i have not tried that i've tried every single rum i can run across Zapata. i'm writing that down
1: no it's up zapata z-a-p-a-t-a
0: okay no you know what now that i write that down i think i have no i'm thinking zaya rum i've had
1: it's not cheap but man it's good this is not
0: foursquare no foursquare is a barbados rum distillery they make uh they make trust that's my suggestion to you i will always i will never not suggest four square rum they have a, a seasonal it's a mark you know it's usually mark mark whatever so they only make so many in a batch um and they're amazing they usually range from anywhere from i think they range from like 75 to like 300 depending on your price range but dear god i will spend 150 on a bottle of four square rum um, and they make some cheaper uh, yeah. stuff. If you ever run across Dorley's, Dorley's is one of their cheaper ones, which is also really good. And it's not spiced rum. Uh, uh, it's just regular, nope. regular rum. Yep. So I'm yep. not a spy. I can't, both I- of these. I- what's that?
1: I said, both of these are just straight rum.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah, it- and I don't, I'm like, I'm not a fan of spiced rum anymore, yeah. just because I'm being a celiac. They put additives in it afterwards. So anything where they add flavor after the fact and, yeah, uh, you probably know this a lot of places they don't it's not like a whiskey where it's moderated and they pay attention and they have all these things that they have to follow they just like they'll take rum and they a right. lot of places will just like pour sugar in it afterwards and sell it uh, i think bamboo right. is the, a cheap one right now that everybody loves because they just jack so much sugar in there after the distilling process it's like right uh, it's a pre-made cocktail yeah. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> it's very, it's one like that, right yeah. yeah
1: but uh i got turned into a really good uh irish whiskey recently that oh yeah um, yeah, it's called Teeling, T-E-E-L-I-N-G. Um, and it's not hugely expensive, um, but man, for an Irish whiskey, um, it's really complex. It's really a lot going on there. You kind of have, you know, when you first taste it, it's sweet, but then it mellows and then the, all these flavors come out and then it finishes like clean. Really nice.
0: Nice. You know, what? Yeah. so when we had, a, we came down to Gen Con this year, I, uh, I was like, we're gonna go to Gen Con and I'm gonna get tickets and all that. And then financial stuff hit. But before that, I was like, I'm gonna do all this stuff and we're gonna go to Gen Con. I'm like, I'm gonna buy a good bottle of Ryan and I'm gonna separate into little bottles and I'm gonna make sure I bring some for Chris. Yeah. And then and then we didn't we didn't end up going until like two weeks beforehand, and one of our right. uh, uh um video uh not video board game friends uh, who runs Fight in a Box Games, which we have some giveaways right. uh, tonight. Uh, we've game, given some of his pins away. We've got most Cheese Cat Cucumber for the viewers. Uh, we've oh. given away a T-shirt, um, but he let us come and work at the booth. He's like, if you can drive down here, I've got a hotel from, room for you, and I've got a badge for you, and then you can right. come and work at the thing. So- I was like, yes, I will do that. I will do that.
1: Yeah, just just a room is worth you know, a lot of money. So but I was so yeah.
0: surprised. I thought we were just going to get like a hole in the wall. I thought I was going to be sleeping in a bathtub or something. And I was fine. You know, with that throw, throw right. some blankets in a bathtub and a pillow and you know, or on a, on a cot. And we get I'm there and we're like the top floor suite. There was an upper level and a lower level. I was like, what the hell did we get this room? Oh, I mean, we were sharing it with two or two other people, but they're like, you can have the upstairs with right. the actual bed and we'll sleep on the pull-out couch and on the air mattress. And I was like, how the F did we get, it was just, it was ridiculous. Right, it was really right. amazing. Um, well, but cool. I did not expect that for, you know, just working at a, at a game table. So. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Penny in chat says dragon dreams looks interesting. I love dragon books. You want to tell us about your dragon dream series? Yeah. Dragon dreams is,
1: was another thing that it was pretty different for us. Um, I do a lot of different things, kind of you know, put a little bit of everything and see what people like. Um, Dragon Dreams is uh, a science thriller. Uh, it's not fantasy. Um, think Michael Crichton. Think genetic changes that turn people into well, let's just call them dragons. Okay. Um, and so the gist of it is um, a young, brilliant um, paleontologist um, in the PhD program it, at Harvard is uh, looking for, oh, is getting a new advisor because she's been basically taken advantage of. She has um, social anxiety disorder, which in graduate school, trust me, been there, done that, um, not being socially apt, um, being able to stand up for yourself is a death knell. You will be taken advantage of, which is what's happening to her. But her new advisor has something that's right up her alley. And so, um, they pull these samples and, um, an actuality is that a lot of paleontology now isn't digging up new stuff. It's looking through old stuff in archives and seeing how things are miscategorized or even haven't even been looked at, cleaned up, categorized. And so they pull some samples in from Kamchatka and one of them is just this huge block of plaster and they don't even know what's inside of it. It's supposed to be a cave bear. And they do imaging and it's totally not There, it's something they can't even identify. And okay. so she's like excited because this is what she loves to do. So she gets a mini grant um, from an individual who um, has more money than she has since um, to look into this. And so she's analyzing the sample and she infects herself
0: oh, wow. and
1: she starts to change.
0: That's cool. And, and, that's and three, uh, three books in that series, right? The and it's, called, it's the Dragons of Boston series, right? And you have three books. Yeah,
1: Dragons of Boston series: uh, Dragon Dreams, Dragon Nemesis, and Dragon Legacy. And if you're really into one one type, I mean one uh, one shots, uh, Falstaff Books, who's the publisher of those, um, has omnibus edition hardcovers of all three, and they're limited edition. There's only hundred ever going to be printed, and they're numbered and I would be happy to sign one.
0: Here we go. Well, speaking of Simon, we do have his latest book, the post-apocalyptic amazing book, The Last. He's gonna gonna be a giveaway right here on stream when we hit our uh, uh, when we max out. It's it's the last giveaway of our sub goals tonight. So we're gonna be doing those. We've got the Vulcan candle is next on the giveaways. We got a Vulcan candle. We've got some um, puzzles. We've got some Harry Potter merchandise and collectibles. And of course we've got Chris's book signed the last as a giveaway for our subathon today as well. So how does it, uh, this person wants to ask you, how does it feel to write from a female perspective? Is that easy? You know, being not a female. Um, well, I
1: have been lucky enough to be married to a really wonderful woman and, uh, 33 years married to the same woman without killing each other. And we actually started writing together. Um, so, um i learned a lot from writing with her about the female perspective um and i've taken some heat from it but i've also gotten some kudos for it too i mean i wrote uh the scimitar seas novels is primarily a uh the main protagonist is is a woman and i won three sequential uh, national awards for that series so i think i'm doing something right right um whenever you're writing some person who is not like you and old white guy, there's a lot of people not like me, right? Um, The the primary thing is empathy. And the secondary thing you have to do is understanding. Um, Not that I'm going to tell you I understand women, but um, like I said, 33 years married to a wonderful, brilliant um, lady um, has given me a lot of insight and almost everything gets bounced off of her. Um, am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something right? And so she keeps me honest in that regard as well. But it's a very good question. And I've, I've had, I don't want to say knocked down, but I've had some arguments with people at, at uh, conventions and on panels about writing the other. And uh, basically, I, I think you don't need to limit yourself by only writing someone like yourself. Uh, and so I don't.
0: Your um other series that's kind of recent is your five-fold novels, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got a third book coming out. Is it already out or is it still coming it out?
1: Is, it is out. Uh, in fact, I'm waiting for hard copies to arrive for a convention next weekend. I'm going to Atlanta, multiverse convention in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I'm hoping I get uh, get copies in time. Um, and um, that's hard science fiction for our future. And I have... Uh, a secondary character in that series in the third book that basically come becomes a POV character as well. And she, she's kind of, um, the love interest of the primary character. And, you know, it was interesting because we were two books in and I'm loving, I've loving this, loving the series, but I just felt it like it needed a shot of estrogen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It needed, it needed something. And, uh, we bounced it around and some people kind of i think there was some questions about whether i could write a female pov or not and you know the answer to that is well go look at my books i've got like probably 15 of them that are female pov right um at least partially if not primary um and so you know read them and you tell me if i can do it and i think the over overarching answer to that is yes i can um and so it's really fun uh a really fun series uh, pacifica um stratos and vesuvia is the third one um and i was going to pull a cover i have a the cover of the third book um printed out but i, I forgot to write it down yeah i think
0: pacifica sh- might show up on our our scrolling images right here next to me i think pacifica shows up in stratos yeah. and i you know I'm, i've got your website in front of me so and you guys can go to jack's books to check right. it out and look do you think sure. uh question in the chat do you think that Stepping outside of yourself and your like gender, does that seem to be helpful with personal growth and, and you as a human being and out in the world? Oh way.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, because when you really start looking at, at the history of, of that people have to and and going to conventions and making friendships with people who are different sexualities, different genders, different, you know, um, different backgrounds, different races, um, and different life experiences um you know I've had so many um experiences over the years um friends who were soldiers for instance and so um I I have insights into that as well um that have been invaluable but yeah personal growth that's you know and young writers go for it absolutely go for it but but try to, try to vet your, your, if you're going to write something outside of your own wheelhouse, outside of your own box, um, try to, try to do your due diligence and, and go out and meet people and go out and talk to people one-on-one, go out and share a cocktail or, or, um, you know, go for walks or go sailing with them or whatever, just to get their take on things. You know what I mean? Um, And it's, it's opened my eyes amazingly. Yes.
0: Nice. Do you have any other events coming up? Any anything anywhere you're going? Going to be uh, Multiverse
1: is uh, next weekend in Atlanta. It's uh, Multiverse, V-E-R-S-E, as in you know, it's a verse. It's it's a very literary con. Fall going to be there. A bunch of my writer friends are going to be there, um, and we're doing a lot of different panel discussions. Um, but uh, yeah, it's in the North Point the marriott marriott near the airport so but uh if you're interested just look up multiverse you, there will be plenty of tickets you can walk in and get a day ticket there's a um, link
0: right there in the in our chat for everybody for that and it's uh
1: especially if you're local it's like easy peasy
0: yeah if you're in in the atlanta area so for sure Awesome. Do you when you're doing some of these conventions, because you do talks and chats and stuff, do you, you know, you sit down and they're like, hey, how to how to start your own, you know, how to self publish, let's say, and it's like, you have a two hour talk about self publishing, and it's you and like two other authors, do they usually have like a moderator doing that? Or do you guys kind of self moderate? Uh, Do you come with an outline of your own to like figure out what you want to talk about and hope the others don't talk about? Tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, generally, um, most good conventions have a moderator for every single uh, panel discussions. Panel discussions generally run an hour, um, and um, the moderator will probably, like, ask the panelists some pointed questions, Um, you know, um, how did you get started? Would you, you know, say, let's just say it's um, self-publishing, you know, why did you decide to self-publish? What was your first self-published? how did it do for you what are some of the problems with self-publishing and so three panelists three or four panelists those four questions could take up the better part of 40 minutes and so the last 20 minutes or, or 15 minutes would be open questions for everybody okay. so and um i've i've done panels for everything from writing sex scenes to self-publishing to marketing to um writing styles you know um, to writing the other for instance um, somebody, not yourself. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, there's all kinds of, in fact, one of the ones I'm going to be moderating at, uh, at uh, multiverse is actually selling books at conventions. How do you, how do you sell books? You know, because, and I, I mentioned this to the, to the um, con organizers last year. It's like, I see so many, uh, especially at like Gen Con and places like that. So many, uh, poor young writers that are, that are there for the first, first year and they just really don't have a clue as to how to engage right. potential customers, uh, readers, you know what I mean? How to get them interested. And so, um, yeah, I, and when I was like-
0: like introverts, they have yeah. a hard time and I've-
1: Really know, hard. Obviously yeah.
0: I went to Gen Con, we've done other local events that I've, I've been to and I've helped out at or worked at or, you know, been part of or stuff. And it's like, if you do nothing but look down at your table, Oh, yeah. And you wait for somebody to come up to you. You're right. Unless they know you, there nothing's going to happen. You need to eye contact with everybody, invite them over, talk to them. Just engage
1: them. Yeah. Um, and everybody's different how they do that. Um, a good example is one of my publishers, John Hartness with Falstaff. And he doesn't really stand up, but he knows when you walk up to the table. And even though he's looking at the backs of all of these books that are stacked up in front of him, he knows what you're looking at. And, he, and he'll say, that book is from this person, and it's about this. And he knows all of the products, and he just engages them personally. Um, me, I just, you know, I ask people, are you a reader? What do you like to read? Yeah. Uh, and that's just kind of my opener. Either that, or I tell them they have a really cool T-shirt or a really cool costume. I do that a lot. Um, you'd be surprised what, what engages people. Just be, being personable, which yeah. is hard, you know, especially... Yeah. Day of a convention when your feet are killing you
0: <laughs> yeah for sure trying to keep your energy up and you, you know, yeah you're like you're so done with it but you're like i've still got twenty thousand books sitting right here by right.
1: right yeah um, but uh but it's all about you know selling books at convention is is marketing it's not really about making money it's right. about engaging new readers getting new fans telling people what your stuff is about um just getting them interested Um, and you never know what's going to come out of it, you know? Right.
0: I mean, if you, if you see one kid who is 15 years old and they see, say the cover of your, you know, they see pirate scourge and they go, that looks really cool. And they buy it and they go, I really like it. And then they find out there's five more books or however many, I don't remember how many are in that series. Right. But they go, oh, I got to get this whole series. And then they get done with the whole series and they go, God, I love this author. Does he have more books?
1: Right. And that's all because
0: one guy walked up and you engaged with them and sold one book.
1: Right. Right. And they tell their friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And they write reviews, which really can kickstart things. Um, yeah, that's one thing to mention is, is if you know a writer and you like their work, right, right. Go on Amazon and just write a review. Whether or not you bought the book at Amazon, whether or not you like Amazon, write a review just, and it doesn't have to be a book. It just, you know, a couple of lines, you know, I really like this. He does, he does dragons like nobody does dragons, whatever. But that's, how how books on the huge sea of books on amazon rise to the top and get more interest the more reviews you have the more eyeballs you have. so
0: and also if you like an if you like an author talk about it if you have social media say hey i was sure. just you know i read this book by this author tell people about it you know if you right. keep it to yourself you're not you know if, if you want more books from an author help right. other people buy the book so that they make more books right
1: Exactly that, you know, and I mean, like, I'm never really going to stop writing books, but it but it, it, helps me um, be energized to write the next book. You know what I mean? If, right. if get really good reviews um, or, or just get feedback, um, which is another reason I go to conventions is it, is it energizes me. Right.
0: So. Or like, you know, if, if we can get everybody that's in chat to go and buy this book. Then they'll, you know, they'll tell people and more people will want more books and he'll have to write three more after this trilogy.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You got anything else you want to talk about or chat about the stuff going on?
1: Um, other than the audio book of Weapon of Flesh and uh, the release, upcoming release, because it we just submitted to Amazon. Um, the sixth book in the Blood Sea Tales, the final book of the Blood Sea Tales, uh, Death Walker, is coming out. Is is out. Um, so uh that's very exciting. Um, so there's the Pirate Scourge, The Pirates Truth, The Pirate's Bane, Ashwalker, Bloodwalker, and Death Walker. And uh that's a done series.
0: Awesome. I love the covers on those books too. They just
1: Yeah, I got super lucky with the cover artist.
0: It's it, they they look epic. Like when I see it, I'm like, Oh my god, this looks just so amazing. You walk by it. I mean, I I saw you at Gen Con and I like Walk by and I'm like, God, that! Like every time I walk by, it's like I, you have all of your amazing books, and even though like some of them, like the the Paizo Pathfinder Tales, I see them and I'm like, I should be drawn to that because I know it so well. But I'm like, these right here, oh my God! Yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah, I love I love what she's done. Um, the cover artist's name is Fiona Jade, um, and uh, she just does beautiful work. I'm she's probably going to do my next series as well, which is in 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 the Hopper.
0: Okay. Nice. Nice. For those in the chat, here's the link again, jacksbooks.com. Go ahead and go there, follow, order some books, order all of the books, order 10 of each, give them to your (laughs) friends, all of that fun stuff.
1: Yeah. I've got like 30 books out, so you might want to pace yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you can see, like we're talking about the covers and stuff. You guys can go there and look at the covers and go, Oh my God, those look really cool. Um, and, And, and everything. And there's, what age category? I just want to bring it up. What age category is Cheese Runners? Uh,
1: PG thirteen.
0: PG thirteen. Okay. Every time it's, I see it, I'm like, "Those look. They just. They're fun. They're fun." Yeah,
1: it's definitely guffaw humor, though. It's, you know what
0: I don't see on your page? But no. And maybe I just maybe I'm just not seeing it. Maybe it's in an anthology. But the, uh, um, 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 the stuff that you and Eric both wrote with the the, it's kind of Cthulhu asked.
1: Uh, uh, oh, the um, Arkham horror. No, not
0: The Arkham Horror. It was a different one. It was, um, it's like if Indiana Jones and James Bond. Oh,
1: yeah. James Bond meets Cthulhu, right? Yeah. Um, Those were anthologies that we did with uh, Red Circle Productions. Um, I really should put up a page for all of those because they're brilliant. Um, I won a uh, Scribe Award for the 2000 short story I did. Um, It's The Tales of Basil and Mobius. That's it.
0: Basil and Mobius. That's right.
1: It's definitely two ne'er-do-well, you know, thief, spy, former military guys going up against supernatural stuff. And isn't
0: it like, it's like Indiana Jones and James Bond or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. But it, is, it is a lot of fun to write those. And uh, so this last one, it was me, Eric's got to be um, Richard Lee Byers and Tim Zahn.
0: Right. Tim Zon's so, the only one I haven't had on the show. I need to um, I need to find his contact info somewhere. And oh no, yeah, I did sure. contact him. He was super busy because you know he's Tim Zon. He's Tim Zahn. <laughs> and he's like, I, I, yeah. but
1: yeah. But uh the latest one that we did, um the latest one that came out was Fresh Hells, and then um uh, we just did a, a new one and I can't remember. Oh um what's it called? Uh I can't remember the title of it. But uh, the interesting thing about these now is that all the stories aren't individual. We're writing an ongoing set of stories from different authors on the same characters. And it's really kind of tricky because it all has to mesh together nicely. Um, And so the the beauty of it is um, our editor and contributor, um, Ryan Jiffin, um is brilliant and make sure we all play nice with one another. But like Eric and I, we've written together for a long time. And and um Richard Lee Byers and I, we've you know been friends for some time. Um so we're all on pretty good terms and you know we all bend over backwards to to fit, you know, just tell me what to write. Oh, you want that different not a problem.
0: Yeah. You guys get along Awesome. Yeah, I, get, I mean there's there's a reason that like I had a bunch of you when we did the, the Game Masters workshop, like I tried to get people together, you guys together, because you right. all knew each other and it made mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah. But that's the whole thing about, about being a writer in today's in today's writer's world. Just being a jerk to other writers is is not the way to go about this because we all talk uh and we talk to publishers. So the, the way to go about it is just to be personable, just like you are with your customers, your fans, yeah. everybody. Don't diss anybody. It just, you know, unless they diss you first and then just write them off. Then just block, you know what I mean? Life is too short and you're not doing yourself any favors by getting into fights.
0: Be so, better than them.
1: Yeah, just walk away. Awesome. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Absolutely um, thrilled. We're gonna, like uh, like I said, we'll have to have you back. We'll have to do some role-playing or something on stream and get, I would maybe love get that. you and Eric or something together. I know sure. the line GM's like, he, he's like, well, I've got a spare character if Chris can play it. Sorry, Chris has other stuff. I already asked him. He says he's yeah. got stuff going on, but uh, we'll definitely get you back. Get some role-playing on the podcast. I might turn this up, this little chat into the, a podcast. We'll see. Sure. I've, got an, I've got an open date uh, in December and I'm like, I don't think I want to do an interview on the day after Christmas. So right. maybe this will yeah. be the one. I'll let you definitely let you know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Go for it.
0: So, well, thank you so much for joining us and, uh, uh, you know take care of yourself i hope you have an amazing if i don't talk to you over the holidays have an amazing holiday season and stay warm down in the caribbean while i am jealous of you in the tundra that is known as northern minnesota
1: yep oh yeah i gotta run away
0: run away. <laughs> well there you are i hope you enjoyed yourselves and i do hope that you come back and join us again for epic realms